0: hi everyone rafael harry here and you're listening to white label american a podcast where we hear stories from an immigrant or two sometimes more thank you for listening and enjoy the show welcome to another episode of white label american Thank you all for joining us today. Um, I would like to give a shout out to my Patreons for your support and for helping us build community. Thank you to each and every one of you. And for everyone listening, if you'd like to join us, uh, here's an invite for you to join us and help us build community and help us go forward because um, we're just getting started still and we are not yet, yet where we want to be. So um please join us. You can also get our t-shirts at vetclothing.com. And um if you can't right now, we understand things are hard, you know. It's not easy. The pandemic is still happening. But you can also show support either giving us five stars, liking, sharing, you know, spread the gospel around your friends, loved ones. Push us out there, okay? Um without Wasting your time, let's jump to today's guest. I have one of the good friends of this podcast. She's also a fellow podcaster. And we're going to our neighbors up north. So another white-label Canadian today, I guess. I've given a little spoiler, but that's all the spoilers I'll give. So today's guest is uh, someone with a background in mechanical engineering. Um, She works uh, in healthcare in the IT sector of healthcare as a product specialist associate, but there's so much more to this person who is a fantastic woman. She's a great sister to this podcast, and her she's the co-host of Africa Lipso podcast, which I've had the honor of being a guest on, and it's just a beautiful podcast of, uh, like they're like my they're like the sisters I never had who are the host of that podcast. It's just, you know, I, I, I love listening to it every now and then, and I encourage you to check it out. So without wasting your time, I welcome Matilda Bakari.
1: Thanks for that intro. Hi, hey, everyone.
0: Anytime, anytime. So how are you doing today, Matilda?
1: I'm good. I'm happy it's a Friday. Um, it's still cold here, but you know what? It's fine. It's Friday. Uh,
0: has, your, has, it. your, has your weather been going cold and warm cold and warm like
1: yeah yeah. like last week oh i think we have somewhat similar weathers but like um i think we have more snow but last week it was really good it was like proper proper spring but then now it's it's back to being cold
0: yeah it was like um yeah spring and then not like what it's like real real spring yeah take off all the winter, let me put on my shorts and some I'm...
1: people almost take out their winter tires,
0: even. Uh, oh, yeah, you guys do winter tires, yeah. You guys, are, oh,
1: you guys don't?
0: Uh, I don't know what that is. I've heard wow. about it, I think in Germany too, they do that. I'm like, yeah, I'm not, we're not that gangster yet. Maybe upstate New York, <laughs> no, we're not. We're not. That's why I can't move past um, the the borderline of New York City. Like, uh, you, have, you, you you have to, like you know, give me a very great incentive to make that move, like. To uh, move. Yeah, I've I've heard of winter tires. I'm like, yeah, miss me with that. Miss me <laughs> right. with that. Because, I mean, I love snow. Not that much.
1: Not that much.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I think it's something, I think a lot of Nigerians, I don't know if you recall the time when they were doing snow challenge or whatever on Twitter. No?
0: I I think I may have, was it when somebody, I know somebody posted a video of uh, a car driving thousands. somewhere in Canada. And mm-hmm. they, 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 it was just like a field, white field. <laughs> and mm-hmm. they noticed there was something moving in the middle. And they were like, if, I, if they offer you a visa to come here, will you still come? People were like, uh, yes.
1: Yes. <laughs> Honestly, yes. It was that. But there was also a time when I think someone posed, um, posted a picture of themselves in snow. And they were talking about how they had failed the ILTs um, a couple of times, but eventually they're here and then some people were yabbing them and then other people in support of that i guess started posting themselves in snow as well
0: what was ielts
1: um so it's this english exam that you have to take to um go through the immigration process
0: oh okay which is
1: weird because we're nigerians We're colonized by the british i know right english yeah but it's just one of those processes oh. so i i find it funny because like snow looks nice and a lot of people are always like they want to experience it but Probably not in the in the same way. We I get mean, it until
0: and, you experience uh, it, then it changes. Exactly. I mean, yeah, I, I, I the first time I saw snow, it was oh so beautiful. I was inside like, <laughs> I ah, see sun shining, see snow. Look at deer running. I hey, bet let me. This look like it's so warm. Let me go outside. I can wear t shirt and shorts. My mom was like, uh, you you don't have health insurance. My friend, will you go and put on Oh down, America. And I was America. like, uh, uh, yes, yes, yes. That bring up your Canadian socialism here. Yeah, we don't do yeah, that. Yeah, I was about to be like, well wow, that's
1: the ghetto, but okay. We're, we're
0: capitalist, here, man. We, <laughs> we, we 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 love we love paying for our health care with our lives. Do You really?
1: <laughs> <laughs> do you really you can tell me the truth. <laughs> There's no uh, need to lie. I have here. to defend
0: America now. I'm like oh, America, America, <laughs> America. Uh. Yeah, that was another thing. I was like, what, what why are you talking about? Health insurance and all that stuff. I'm I'm, I'm like, what, what what is this woman talking about? She's like, come on, sit down here. Where are you going? You want to go and keep, you want to bring Bill to me. Just came to America. <laughs> I bring him I said, but it, it's it's nice outside. Look at snow. Then when I go outside, even with the jacket, hey, that's so a cold. Eh hey, hey, eh, no. You, you, didn't, you didn't explain the cold. They I
1: mean. don't explain the cold. <laughs> it takes cold for it to and snow. The, and they then forget
0: that part. the 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 slippery ice, the driving. Well, uh, why you start seeing all the other layers, and then after it snows, how it turns dirty. You know, you yes. see the white for the the white ice, in the snow, looking how beautiful for that first few minutes, like oh so pretty, it looks like a Christmas card. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, and then the it be uh, uh, like wait wait wait, it's dirty. you' like uh, are you going to clean it? You want you? Where you going to make it clean or what? <laughs> <laughs> Like, Think ah, they should tell you why why why, why are they not send a picture of the dead? We're like who, who would take a picture of the no i and advertise it?
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. Uh, but anyway, let's jump in to you and uh, get to know uh, meet you officially. So before we dig into your background, well, it's still part of your background, mm-hmm. your name Matilda Bakary. it's really your last name Bakary. The most the the, the the back I I have known a lot of Bakaries Mm-hmm. but i can't recall when and where but the last bakery i recall is um um
1: is it the pastor the pastor
0: yeah because he was uh, in the news again yesterday so and i, I watched what it did he
1: do uh
0: i think he was talking about um it, it was still god that told him about buhari
1: <laughs> oh the person that's going to <laughs> right.
0: it was god, he, he was still insisting that god told him that buhari uh, was was the right man to rule Nigeria. So, but he he he's recanted, he's recounted his support for Bori. I'm like, bro, make make up your mind. He's a fake guy. That's my opinion. Sure. So, but you're not related to that guy.
1: Not at all. Okay. Bakari is a very very common last name. It actually is. Um, I think it's it has roots in Islam.
0: Yeah, so, I, 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 I wouldn't be surprised. But yeah. for you, where where um? Okay, so what tribe are you from, or what part of Nigeria and what part of Nigeria are you from?
1: Yeah, I'm from Ogun State, specifically Ijebu East, local Ooh, government Ijabu area. Strong. Yeah. They're strong people. Yeah. We eat Gari for breakfast, lunch, and dinner.
0: Ijebu Gari. That i tell you I drink that one. So.
1: Really? It's the best Gary. It is. Someone should come and fight me.
0: Well, well, for <laughs> drinking. For drinking. Bendel for drinking
1: specifically. Is the it's the best true. forever. I remember growing up because um Ijebu people use Ijebu Gari for everything. Like, we literally use it for eba. We use it for drinking and everything. So growing up, I had never tasted any other type of Gary. And then I went to my friend's house and I saw yellow eba. And I was so confused. <laughs> I was so, so confused. But it is better for making eba, to be honest. But don't let my ancestors hear that.
0: Okay, I won't, I won't, I won't. So, <laughs> um, What's the meaning of uh, bakari?
1: Actually,
0: I have no idea. I just thought to ask you since you know I'm like, wow, man, you know, I've heard that name so many times. So
1: I yeah, I actually have no idea. I wanted to find out what it was, but all I ever get is it's Islamic and it's um so yeah, it, it's it might have Ara- Arabic. Roots. It has Arabic roots, oh, but I okay. don't know that it's it's you know, one of those names that um have Islamic roots, but mm-hmm. then Islam that has spread to other countries and they make it theirs because yeah. it's primarily, like you're not going to say Bakari outside the Yoruba tribe. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I have no idea what the meaning so is. So
0: it's it's probably pronounced, if we go by the Arabic pronunciation, then it mm-hmm. will probably be pronounced maybe with, uh, with an I or mm-hmm. something. Yeah, I, okay, I, I, I'll you look just, that up
1: threw that out to me i i'm gonna look into it yeah i I just i just thought about
0: that i I just thought about that like huh? so you're one of the few yorubas that i know that have a first name that's considered english yes because yorubas are very loyal to yoruba names
1: yes
0: stick to it so is there a story behind your names
1: i can i think I understand it because um even my my parents have English names as well, both okay. of them um but I think it's because my family, although we have my great grandfather was um a Muslim, but then well muslim ish <laughs> because um well, we're descendants of like the everybody is really a king and queen. <laughs> in In like Nigeria's, but like my grandfather was one of the lineage um one of the give me one second
0: right royal family,
1: yeah, royal family the royal
0: um, families are tend to be they work differently like it's it's large, it's large like
1: yeah, it's very large there's a mm-hmm. lot of um royal families, but in my village, they do it there's four families they rotate it around okay, so he grew up in a traditional worship but with islam as well you know yeah like you know where they they kind of worship two gods because it's like why not yes so they were islamic but just by the virtue of being in the royal family they also had to um like take part in traditional rites and all of that but then my grandpa grew up muslim but then he went to a um what they call them the schools with the,
0: uh, the... The missionary schools?
1: He went to one of the missionary schools. Exactly. So he got converted to Christianity. specifically. Yep, that's, how that's how they got them. That's how they got exactly. them. Exactly. So that really explains my English name. Okay. So once he converted to Catholicism, I feel like that's... My dad was named English. Like he had an English name. His middle name is Yoruba as well. But then I think... After my dad, it, it's probably an attempt to not have me go through life difficultly. I think I think that's the thought process of a lot of um, a lot of Nigerian parents in their generation. I feel like they want you to have an ease moving through the world. Kind of thing. So they want to give you an English name and a Yoruba name so that like you can go by Matilda and it's like easy for the colonizers. And that's my thought process. I've never actually asked them. Mm-hmm. But um I have a Yoruba middle name, but I've never gone by that.
0: Do you want to share that? Oh, you, you can Yeah, for sure. It's okay. Adeola. Adeola.
1: Yeah, it means crown of wealth. hmm
0: that's why I'm rich. I know, I know. I was about to ask for that check. <laughs>
1: but um yeah that's that that's very interesting because i've never actually thought about my name's meaning anything because i feel like when you grow up with urban names like your first name and last name yeah a lot of people as- ascribe that to their being like um like their personalities i had a friend nifemi and like, she was like, a lot of people always love me and stuff like that. But she felt like it had to do with her name. Mm. And to clarify her, Nifemi means like to have love for you. And oh, then okay. but the full name is Oluwa Nifemi, which is God loves me. But then it's short form Nifemi. So I think Yoruba people um, really, really um, care about names. But I think that was probably lost. In tr- lost in tradition in my own lineage, probably. So I my think
0: are... it, the the name thing spreads across um uh, tribes and uh, ethnic groups.
1: Yeah,
0: but um, yep. Yeah, me, I, I don't think I would have even paid attention to my name if I hadn't uh come across the book of names that my um I think it was my elder sister. that had that book, and I was about eleven ish. 10 between 10 and 12 mm-hmm. so yeah I, I just started reading all the names so i got to know the meaning of my my first name and then my last name and so my first name was a hebrew name and then my last mm-hmm. name was um uh, technically celt um celtic or celtic mm-hmm. or celtic and um yeah, of course. Obviously, in that kind of book wouldn't have Ijia names in it. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, then one, a few years later, it, it occurred to me to ask my mom, like, "Hey, what about my Ijia name?" And then I found out that uh, what my Ijia name meant. I was like, "Oh, okay. So only life means nothing supersedes um Nothing supersedes. Nothing is two meanings. Either nothing is greater or nothing supersedes God, which is technically the same thing."
1: Yeah. yeah. Did you ever? Did you ever go by that name?
0: I have um, families that I have people call me uh, life. La- uh, Laifa. is uh, the short of only Laifa. But um, okay. that's like, you, you have to be, you have to earn it. <laughs> oh, I see. Like one one of my aunts calls me that. And then there used to be a girl who had a crush on me. That was like, yeah, she was a uh, evil girl who had a crush on me in New Jersey. She is always coming life, life. Yeah, yeah.
1: Mm, that's how they
0: get you. Yeah, I, yeah, of course. She got me. She got me real good. <laughs> she got me real good. Evil girls they they used to know how to get me at one point in time.
1: They you know, do. One still has my
0: favorite um um hoodie up to now.
1: Just just forget the hoodie. Yeah, it's
0: hers now. She's my childhood friend. She came yeah. to New York when when it was cold and did it. They didn't know she would. She needs something to cover. I said,
1: oh, let, me, "Let
0: me, let me wear your hoodie." Just, this girl, I caught you. <laughs> I was, I was staying front of me. I would call her after this episode. I'd be like, give um, my hoodie. Ah, oh. <laughs> 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 uh, so you, uh you, 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 and your, um, uh, you, you're from Ogun State. Uh but mm-hmm. were you born in Ogun State?
1: No, I was actually born in Lagos.
0: Lagos. What part of Lagos? Hmm.
1: Good question i don't know
0: (laughs) okay so why'd you grow up so the thing
1: is yeah i didn't really grow up in lagos um i was born there and i think my family was there for two years or so um i don't know where they lived i i feel like i haven't asked my parents a lot of questions about like you know myself and stuff like that but As far as I was conscious, we lived in port Oh, okay. That's
0: why you and I, we have good flow. Okay, makes sense now.
1: Oh, you also lived in port I'm a
0: Pitakwa boy. Eh? Pitakwa.
1: But that's the weird thing, too, because while I was, I lived in port for a bit, I don't also, like, I, I feel like I don't really have roots anywhere because, so at two, we we moved to Port Harcourt, and then I was probably there from two to about four, and then my dad got transferred to the Netherlands, and I was there for two almost three years. Then then we moved back to Port Harcourt, and hey, well, then what I did your was, dad do? Um, oil company. You know, oh, okay. You know
0: the vibe. I, I, I was about I, I could have guessed that because you mentioned moved Netherlands and then back to Yeah. Port back like, to there's Port only one company that you know. Oil. Yeah, yes. Yes. Yeah.
1: So um and then I was there I was probably in Port after that for another 2 years and then I went to secondary school in Lagos. But I was only there in like boarding school so I would go back and forth because my parents still lived in Port So for like longer breaks I would be in Port but I never really got to experience anywhere in its entirety I feel. So yeah.
0: Okay, that that makes sense because all this time I've been listening to you. I was like, "Yeah, I can't place your accent um, to Lagos, and <laughs> not to Ogun State either. I, I couldn't place Ogun. State. There's something about, especially for a Ah, Jebu, is strong.
1: There's a specific yeah. Ijebu there's is a specific is strong.
0: Accent. Ooh, Ijebu. I don't start fights now, but there's, there's something i would say. But you know, I I, I you, were you about Ijebuni. to
1: say age factor?
0: The the what?
1: Okay, never mind. The H factor. <laughs> yeah, I thought that's what you were about to say. There's something what close you you
0: to mean. that. Um, uh, uh, sh- Shagamo or Sagamo. Yeah, there's okay, that it's
1: one okay. <laughs> Let's move on. Let's not fight. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. Uh, it was my neighbor who told me, in, in fairness. So, even I was in Ibadan. I was like, wow. Wow. Yeah, Ijabu. Oh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> so, yeah, I was like, oh, at Matilda, I was like, wait. That's why I was like, wait, I, I, I gotta know this. This name Bakari, but Bakari is Yoruba, mm-hmm. but she doesn't sound, she doesn't give me Yoruba vibes per se. What
1: you know? are
0: Yoruba vibes to you? Ah no, don't worry. I don't, I, <laughs> I don't want the Yoruba demons to start coming out now. Nah. Hey, they'll come hey, for hey, you. Hey. They will so come. yeah, they'll come. But anyway, they, they should come. They should come. I like that. Uh, they should come. The Nanya Jalof's not winning right now, anyway, so they can come.
1: It's
0: true. <laughs> 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 I, I eat all your love, so you know, will take
1: actually. Exclusive. I like. I like Ghanaian jollof. Like I don't mind hey. it. not like the jollof I know. but
0: hey. it,
1: it's not bad.
0: Hey, hey. Hmm. You're Hmm. bad demons. You know who to go after now.
1: <laughs> not I. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. So now, being that you moved around a lot, um, what would you consider your favorite childhood memory, and where's that from?
1: Oh wow. Um. I would say um, it's really weird because I don't have a very good memory of my childhood. And I have this conversation with my friend who remembers things from literally when he was two. Mm -hmm. Um, But for me, I don't know if there's something maybe traumatic I don't know that I might have experienced or maybe just moving around a lot made it really hard to pinpoint things in my memory. But... I can say the second time we moved to Port Harcourt um, in primary school, my mom used to come for me late, like come to pick me up late. So there were kids that their parents always came to pick them late that they put us in the gatehouse. So (laughs) I and a friend would sneak away and go behind the school, um, the school buildings. And it was this place with a lot of like high tension, like wires like that. Well, we were kids. We really didn't know that it was dangerous. So we used to go there literally after school every day. We'd go play. We'd go uh, pick snails. We used to collect snails, uh, put them in mass sets and kind of like open air so they'd survive <laughs> and stuff like that. And then I guess that ended when the big auntie in quotes, that was the name of the principal. We were just coming out and she, she saw us coming out from the place and said, no, no, no. Come here. Where I was trying to run back, and then she she beat us, and then yeah, my hands swelled up and stuff like that. So it's a favorite. It's a fond memory for me. It's just kids being kids when life was serious, um, simple, and I didn't realize we were that close to death, but having fun still.
0: <laughs> yep. Uh, right. In Nigeria, there's so many times, and uh, I think I think if if we are able to have full access to the videotape of our childhood we'll we'll probably see that we've been close to death a lot more times than we we ever considered yeah yeah. Yeah. so um yeah and i I remember um the first time uh i think they forgot to pick come pick me up i I was in jaws and they had me they They forgot Yeah, that i think so i i I think so because it was red at school had closed and mm-hmm. it was a police primary school. And I was there for, I was in nursery school. I was like last, uh, the, 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 the last class in nursery school before, that you graduate into primary school from. And yeah. they didn't nobody had come to pick me up. And I was, the, by the end of the day, the only two kids left at school, myself and, and a girl. So they took us to the police headquarters, which was right across from the school. Yeah. And um, there was they were talking about taking us to uh, the state TV or NTA to go on, you know, lost by found, nonsense. That's how used to be those days they'll <laughs> so bring the child because like, I, I remember watching a whole bunch of kids and they'll be like what's the name of your, your mommy mommy <laughs> What's the name is daddy
1: my
0: daddy's name is daddy <laughs> so they asked they asked me they were like trying to get that information from me and I said I know I know where my house is but my house is far but if someone you know will take me I can direct you home and they thought I was kidding so they got um, a, a police officer who was uh I think it was yellow fever, yellow fever. Yeah,
1: that's that was we, his name.
0: That, no, that's why we call them. You know, the ones who wear the yellow fever uniform. That they, they, they used to direct traffic. That's why I, I don't know how that nickname came about. But those guys that the, the the least respected police officers out of the whole police officers. I don't, <laughs> I don't know how much the previous ones, but the, uh, the traffic cops. But their nickname was yellow fever.
1: Yellow fever. Yeah,
0: because their uniform was yellow. It used to be yellow and black. I think back then. So he put me on his motorbike and started uh trying to get me home and I would tell him take well, take a right here take a left here now i don't i don't know that i don't know all these roads Any anymore. That,
1: yeah. but
0: yeah, make, he he look he he wouldn't believe because I was a kid I was tiny, so he would go ask an adult um with this this road yeah I'd say yes so he would continue and then i make make a left." He, he, he won't believe so he, he would go past and he go ask so, but he would go stop and I they would say yeah go so that, that's why that journey I was like mad at this guy like man this guy is not listening to me <laughs> okay. so as soon as we got to my house we finally made it home I just jumped off the bike and ran into my house
1: like bye <laughs> left
0: it like it's about wasted my time we have got home like maybe 30 minutes ago but he was busy doing I need to ask I, I'm not sure if this boy is taking me I don't know where this boy this boy, this boy no road let me go ask. Let me go ask the adults to confirm. So I, I got mad. I was mad at him already, because I was angry. i was like, man, this this guy wasted. me. Oh, no. so I was like running. My my mom was like freaking out. Like, what? Where are you coming from? I sent somebody to go get you. They got to school. There was no kids left at the school. I was, like, man, I was probably across the street. So you know. Then the man came. Hey, Madame, is, I just came to check if this is his house. So, yeah. Like, Why would the child run into the wrong house?
1: into the wrong house? <laughs>
0: Was what age were you? Ah, uh, I don't I don't know what age I was. I was, was but I was before the age of uh, I was I was around the age of six when we moved to Benin City. So,
1: mm-hmm. well,
0: I was probably four or five.
1: Do you have a vivid memory of your childhood?
0: Um, the dark stuff, not really. Well, some of the dark stuff, yes, I still remember a lot of. not a lot, but there's a lot of the dark stuff that's very traumatic that's been blacked out. There was mm. a psychology class that I I attended, one of my college classes, and the professor actually talked about the brain having the ability to shut off um, harmful traumatic, traumatic, traumatic experiences. experiences that mm-hmm. it's in a way of it's a way of protective uh, measure, and mm-hmm. it's you know so it shuts it out or darkens it or you know blackens it whichever way technology you want to use, but mm-hmm. yeah, so there are a lot of things that happened. Not just to myself, but a bunch of the kids were all uh, molested.
1: Oh, and, wow. Yeah,
0: a bunch of us were molested. And um, it's just, that, that part is blacked out. Mm-hmm. It's blacked out. I, I know I can only see like one or two people once in a while, but most of it is blacked out. But uh, and then the beatings for the languages, because I used to speak a bunch of languages, yeah, the beatings I used to receive because they were mad I wasn't speaking English. Most of the time. Uh,
1: that's a very Nigerian thing.
0: <laughs> I then, don't
1: get it. It's
0: and then when I weird. when I when I when I got older and everybody like uh was well, you you don't, you don't speak outside? You don't anymore. speak
1: that language. You don't speak yet.
0: Yoruba like uh you, you all don't remember beating me when I used to and they're like, Oh no, I don't. I'm like, really? But I remember. <laughs> I was the guy yeah. telling the beatings. <laughs> and nobody even told me they could speak Ija, nobody told me they could speak uh tree. Uh my mom speaks tree house. Now people everybody spoke like have multiple languages in the house. Mm-hmm. But I thought I was—it was I was the only abnormal person because I used to speak like a bunch of—you uh, yeah, are speaking Yoruba, I was speaking Hausa—and it was just from the kids I was playing with. I was speaking all the languages, you know. So, yeah, they—they they got a beat out of me later on. So, yeah, mm-hmm. so stuff like that. I remember being yelled at mm-hmm. and the confusion, and then you know, but and then yeah, but a lot, Most of it is gone, but I remember the, the, some happy memories are still there, like um, hailstorm falling in Jaws.
1: And oh, run, yeah. running
0: outside with bowls to go. I don't think it was really that it's sensible, but they're yeah, kids, you know. Kids. Like, hey, we'll go get. Ah, God send us ice block. Mo, let's go leak. <laughs> <laughs>
1: like, <laughs> I've always wanted to visit Jaws. I heard like it snowed there before.
0: Yeah, it's it's not. Yeah, I think it's it's not. Uh, I think once every forty fifty years it snows. Yes. Yeah. Uh, there was hill and uh, the, uh, the hill storm. That's what I remembered. Um. Uh, yeah, there was hills that I remember from my childhood. I couldn't. That's why I, I couldn't shower, take a cold shower. Mm-hmm. Uh, I couldn't bathe with cold water because we didn't we didn't have shower. It was you bathe with cold water. I couldn't bathe with cold water. as a kid. Even when I moved to Benin, um it, it was until I was around fifteen, sixteen that started bathing with cold water. But people used to hate hate on me for that because they thought I was just being bougie. special. Yeah, I was being bougie, mm-hmm. but I was born in Joss. It was cold.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> took me so couldn't use the cold so water. Even after I took a bath and you know they I still have memories of um, shivering. Even after a warm water bath and I was wrapped in towels and I was still shivering. Yeah. I have memories of that too. So <laughs> uh, so with your moving around Nigeria and your being around Nigeria a lot, where do you consider your favorite Nigerian city?
1: I wouldn't say I moved around like that. Okay. Because I I really only primarily lived in, in three um, places. Either two. Well, one that was outside Nigeria, but only two places in Nigeria. Okay. So, so you are Lagos, you are you
0: are legions. Because Lagos not just league, like, there's places in Lagos too. So your yes. allegiance is to which, if you want to identify you now. Because like me, I go by Pitako. I'm a Pitako. I can't be... I stayed in Lagos for a few. I stayed in mm-hmm. Ibadan. I stayed in Benin City. Benin City made me. I mean, Benin City made me. Without Benin City, I'm not who I am. But I'm a yes. Pitako boy. As, that's, that's what I identify as. And that's
1: what you identify as? I'm a Pitako boy. That's, huh. that's,
0: that's where one of the... the well, a bunch of my nicknames came out from there. But there's the nickname... That uh, it shall not be said here, right <laughs> now because that person has too much money. So uh, they named after someone who had too much money. The, um, <laughs> dangote. No hell, no, not that one. It, oh, this, this one, oh, this $10. one. No, that, those are those are supposedly legal people. Oh, yeah.
1: the ones that have money but like don't declare it.
0: Uh, yeah, I think that's what he was under. Yeah, he was under that category. That
1: category but
0: he was yeah. no a known drug guy.
1: In yeah. I don't know him. That's that's why I don't identify as Potakot. Because I don't... um, Every time I'm in my parents' house, I'm very kind of sheltered. Like there isn't... And Potakot is not safe. Everyone knows that.
0: The Garden City used to be safe. When? ah, They started kidnapping before I left. They knew I was leaving. And they said, okay, we can start Uh. kidnapping. Let's, Let's start. I was like, yeah, you all can go ahead and I'm gone.
1: Yeah. <laughs> i guess it's in my my like most of my consciousness it hasn't been safe so mm-hmm. um i i don't think they really i never really moved around freely there if i'm to identify what what, what area
0: in Patakot were you um
1: woji um,
0: uh, woji okay
1: yeah so um how about you
0: elekoya estate oh okay and okay. i stayed in Ajib. Uh that's oh, a, when i came to say goodbye Cause I did that, you know, came to say goodbye oh. to the farm. Uh, came to our Estate. like, all right, sign off. And then I stayed in GRA phase two also.
1: Okay, yeah. okay. Around that area. Yeah, by waterline. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I, I never, yeah, I was very sheltered in Portakot. So even though I understand it to an extent, I wouldn't say I really identify with it. Because sometimes when I hear things about Potaka, I'm like, huh, did I not know that? Um, I would say I I really identify with Lagos, specifically Magodo, because that's where my school was. And then my auntie also lived there. So um, after, like on midterm, shorter breaks, we Mm -hmm. would go to her place. And because she was really busy and she's like my mom's older sister. My mom is the youngest. So I, I think she, her kids were like much, much older. So she wasn't in that care, like caregiver role or anything. So she'd open her house up, but after that, that's your business. You you fend for yourself. Like she makes sure you eat and everything, yeah. but then after that, you entertain yourself. You you do everything for yourself. So I got the chance to move around that estate and that area, and really, I guess that w- those were also the years that I was like my developmental years, I would say. So mm-hmm. I pretty much identify.
0: Magodo. Magodo. in
1: Lagos.
0: Yeah, it, um, is that it? so? Is that name of the estate? Uh, is that... yeah, it's, it's
1: an estate.
0: Okay, I've, I've, it's I've, on the
1: mainland.
0: Okay, I'm just trying to recall if I had been that way. Is that our Lagos more. Awaka Lagos more. Um, it's the the name sounds familiar, but I'm I'm just yeah. checking my. It's pretty base.
1: close to Kedja. Okay, uh, yeah.
0: Oh. Okay, I I might I might know one year yeah boy in Atlanta who, who, he, I think that might be where he was staying.
1: Yeah, my
0: classmate in Ibadan. He still owes me like ten bottles of champagne, your yeah, yeah, boy. <laughs> anyway, we'll move on to more. This is how you
1: identify people. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Oh yeah, it, <laughs> things it, they owe you. <laughs> uh, it's the type that promised since I he came to America before me. But before I left Nigeria, he was the type I was like when you come to America, I got you, man, I got you, and I was like okay. I arrived in America. I got you, bro. Hey, we need to come to New York. I will take you to a club. I was in Virginia. There you there. came. I was like, well, okay. I'm, when you want to fly? I was saying ticket. That was like uh 2008. I sent right. a ticket, and I went to the Middle East, came back. Where are you? Where are you, man? Let me come and spoil you. You have not been spoiled in America. I said, yeah, my brother, uh, I, I don't know what to tell you again, because I'm still waiting for a the ticket. <laughs> <laughs> then I moved to New York. I'm, like, I'm, in, I'm in New York. And I said, ah, oh boy, I live in Atlanta now. Come to Atlanta. I said, you know what, bros, just, you know, as they say, it is well. Just be it is 3 with you. It is well. <laughs> Now he still does that. though. He will call me out of the blue tomorrow. My guy, when are you coming? Let me treat you. Let me have you. You will drink that like ten bottles of champagne. Why will I like drink ten bottles of champagne? What do I do, ten bottles of. I'm old now. Nah. I drink one bottle, I'll fall asleep.
1: Oh, wow, <laughs> old age.
0: Old age, it's real. Ah, I beg, No do, not do, That guy. But yeah, he'll be hyping me on the phone. I'm like, I not ask you anymore. Just give me the plane ticket. It's not expensive. Ah! Ah, that, you want where your email? Give me your email, text on Nana Nana. I said, okay, be, um, yeah, 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 as if you didn't have my email all these years, I haven't changed it.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I think it was the one at Magodo. I was like, I know that name, I know that yeah. name. He said close to Ikeja because I was, you know, taking buses, uh, Lagos, uh, forget they, they're bringing some memories. That. <laughs>
1: I love the city. It's busy and it's, it's lively. There's always something to do. I just wish they would do better. Like the government would do better. It's time for Lagos to expand. I mean,
0: Lagos, Lagos should have, uh, I mean, if, if they just had those years, like the Tinubu years, uh, all those guys, if they had.
1: When you say those years, I I don't get, because Tinubu is still running Lagos.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, I agree. I agree, but what I meant is from the tenable years, right? Mm-hmm. If you just had, you know, some take like the people who have ruled Ghana. Like, if you just had half of them, you know, in those like, people, like, yeah, but corruption, like, forget corruption because corruption is everywhere. It's not like that. Yes. But I, I, I lived in Bahrain. Bahrain is like Bahrain is smaller than Lagos. The, the whole country is smaller than Lagos. I want you if you go to Bahrain, you, you see why and the, the, the like Nigerians who are there, they love it. Because it's it looks exactly like Nigeria without the I must take 90 95% of the budget into my pocket <laughs> mm-hmm. because this <laughs> is not my chance. This is not my chance until the, the next person, and then the next person repeats the same thing. But is there corruption in Bahrain? Hell yeah. There's corruption, there's a whole lot of things that are messed up with the society. But the little that they still did is like, you just look at it, it's like, this looks like Nigeria. This mm-hmm. looks uh, like Nigeria with people who are like, let me just do what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. And then I'll still, so maybe I'll, I'll take 40% of the budget or 35% of the budget, i put it in my pocket. That's what it yeah. looked like. Then you're like, ah, man. You're like, hi. It's and and, and that is just, it's just uh, yeah. So they they the like, there's no reason why they shouldn't have, shouldn't have a metro system. Yeah. Lagos should have had that. And then you know the last uh, gu- gubernatorial election, there was a guy who was talking about that for like when they were talking about Lagos being crowded and everybody was like, I will build house. I will build road. You can't build how many roads will you build? You can't build roads. Yeah, it's not anymore. about that anymore. you can't build roads anybody. You can where the road you're gonna build. You can't. Yeah. But this guy was talking about we need Metro system. He was comparing Lagos to the most, uh, one of the most crowded cities in the world, Bali, Indonesia. And he said that's literally the same thing, but they have a functioning railway system. We need to start copying places like they have a functioning water transportation and all that. I'm like, it's literally the same type of um, cities, coastal cities. Mm -hmm. So why are you not looking at there? But it's like, you know what we're going to do? We're going to look at China. We're going to look at the Inland City, and they were going and like, okay. here we go, here we go, here we go. And then mm, 20 years later, we're building in Balogun Stadium. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, so <sighs> sad.
0: But anyway, enough about those sad people. Let's uh, jump to a fun thing. Before you left Nigeria, who was your number one music artist? Or well, let me make it easier for you. Who were your top three music artists?
1: But oh, you, you left hard.
0: at a more recent time, in comparison to yeah. me. Yeah,
1: and also a younger age. And a
0: younger age. So you, who, who are the people who were bubbling for you? Because the person was like number one in Nigerian music space when I was living.
1: Yes.
0: Was, uh, he's considered of he is old school now. He, he who was
1: two it? Two-Face. Wow. <laughs> yeah, no, that has been a
0: while. <laughs> I, I think then it was limited to only two wives. Oh, I don't even know if they had even given birth to... You
1: know, but it was limited to two women. I love how we marked to face by the amount of women. <laughs> what era? How many, how many wives did he have then? Um, in tw- I left Nigeria in 2013. I'd say Whisked was definitely in then.
0: Yeah, I was in Bahrain and somebody had sent me... No, I was in Bahrain 20, 20, uh, 2012. I left Bahrain
1: 2012.
0: and yeah. I was seen Bakurumo. Uh, and oh, yeah. That was, that was, um
1: I think even Debanj was still Yeah, Debanj Debange, like, DeBange yeah. was already hot.
0: It was coming up when I left yep. Okay. Yeah, but
1: the, I think he he had taken it if I think maybe twenty I can look into it, but I think it was around that time that you know he had that collaboration with um Kanye West. Oh um, yeah, that's Oliver when he, Twist. Maybe it wasn't that year actually. No, it, it was
0: Oliver Twist was, uh, wasn't it, not 2010? Yeah, 2010 But he wrote era. Oliver Twist into... He wrote it for years. Oh. He wrote it for years because <laughs> I, I didn't even care to know what that song, the, the, the bunch had. But he wrote that into Kanye West's album.
1: Yeah, and then it died after that. Oh, Davido was already... Davido, okay,
0: well. yes. Yes, yeah. yes,
1: yes. Because Well, those guys, apart from the bunch, the bunch has fallen off. But Wizkid and Davido, they have they've had a very long run.
0: Yeah. To be honest, yeah, yeah, because the band, since he signed up with Kanye West, that was the end. That was just it was the
1: end for him, that was yeah. The end. Sad,
0: it's like uh, it was, I remember one song that um, what's his name? I've of what the, the the rapper's name is, one of um, Kanye West's artists, and mm-hmm. they were like featuring the band. I, I listened to the song, I was like, wait wait, 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 I didn't hear the band, where did the band voice? I said, Featuring the band, so I had to watch, I don't watch music videos, I don't go watch a video. And I think I saw the band at the end or someone like popping his hair. <laughs> what that's like a day yo.
1: I thought it was his song. <laughs> but I think it really set up the, even though there, there had already been collaborations and all of that, I feel like it was kind of a a he was creating a blueprint for all the collaborations that we see right now. Even Though it I, did work out for him, I
0: don't know if I'll give it to the bunch.
1: Who would you give it to? Well, P Square
0: already had uh collabos with uh, um, what's his name? Uh, no, I, I can't call I'm I gonna make mistake mistake. Is it Rick Ross? Uh, with Rick Ross now, uh,
1: no, I, I feel like that came after.
0: Well, maybe, uh, but Akon A- A- had done some collabos because.
1: Even that we were considering Nigerian, then yeah, Econ,
0: I, I heard a rumor that even <laughs> I don't want Senegal people to come and Senegalese, fight yeah. me, but because they own Jollof, those are the real people that own Jollof. You know? do they, are, they
1: really?
0: Uh, Jollof was Waloff. No, no, no. The
1: fact that they Waloff doesn't mean they
0: own it. They, they are like, the originators of Jollof. Originators does
1: mean...
0: I respect the, the, the originators. You know? The ancestors have to be respected. I respect them. But that, I'm, I'm not voting, I'm not throwing my hat into the ring of the Jollof Wars yet, you know. I'm yeah. just, I still eat everybody's Jollof, so invite me. That's my own. <laughs> invite me, you know. You all my African people, you know me, you know my address, invite me. Yeah, but back to what I'm saying, Two-Face did collabos with a bunch of people, you know. I'm not standing for Two-Face because I think uh, Blackface, I don't know his name, now nah, Blackface is a little bit, um, you know, that. <laughs> I <was just> <laughs> <laughs> but I think Blackface, he, he, he was uh, the, the, actually the best singer of the group. And what was the uh, No, the, the other one was FaZe. Yes, look, that's It true. was FaZe,
1: yeah. FaZe.
0: And I'm like, man, yeah, yeah. This guy's safe. Find him. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> but we're over, we're over that narrative because it's like even if he stole your song, okay, move on, Baba. Like it's been years. Uh, it's like once in a while he still comes. It still, up it still brings that up. Oh, yeah,
0: yeah yay. It's uh, like
1: yeah, but like it's 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 done in the music industry all the yeah,
0: time. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, the, the, the two face was the first one to br- blow out the success and yeah, you know, go across out of Nigeria's borders. and start going across into other countries and then uh, make it outside of even Africa. But I
1: guess, okay, yeah, Two-Face, I remember there was this song with like, was it Beanie Man or something like that? Well, that Um, that song, uh,
0: You Am African Queen, people underestimate that song. And I'm able to meet for the first time, like, ah, oh, you're Nigeria, my favorite song. You're my African queen. And I'm like, God, yeah. B, man, you yeah, yeah, yeah. going to get the other songs that have come out. Yeah. <laughs> like, you no, know, that song, a lot of guys got girls with that song, surprisingly. Not me, it didn't work for me. But yeah, a lot of guys, it worked for a lot of people because it just seemed like, oh, I, I have African roots. Well, I, I know you got African roots. You're my African queen. You're it's my, my African favorite song. queen. <laughs> <laughs> so that, i probably that song made it pretty far and um, it, uh it yeah, so i think from two faced probably still eating from that song
1: <laughs> he probably is but he's also another person that has longevity even though yeah. it's not on the same scale but yeah he's still he's still in the scene
0: mhm
1: yeah
0: i mean i i can't I, i've seen one or two songs that he was featured on I, I as soon as the song started playing played i can't remember the song so it's unfortunate i still, if you ask me about two face songs it's his that is first uh, sec, his second solo album I think that's mm-hmm. one that I still have. Was it Grass of. to Grace or
1: something like yeah, that?
0: Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. That's the one that um, you find me bumping my head to. All right, so before we bounce into you being in Canada, we shall take a quick break, and um then we dive into your journey outside of Nigeria. Hi everyone your host Raphael harry here i can't believe we've gone past our one-year anniversary of doing white label american i've had the privilege of speaking with some amazing people sharing their modern day immigrant stories and you've allowed this nigerian immigrant to share parts of his immigrant journey through this podcast also one of my goals of this podcast is breaking down artificial walls that keep people from getting to understand each other based on your wonderful feedback over the last year i think we have done a decent job in breaking down some of those walls we would like to continue and expand on this mission but we need your help i've had an amazing time creating and producing episodes for this show largely on my own we have a lot of ideas for new and exciting content to expand upon the mission but we need direct support from you our listener which is why we have created a white label american patreon page where you can make a one-time donation or become a sustaining contributor where you can get access to exclusive content help me interview upcoming guests by submitting questions and even have the chance to sit down with me for a one-on-one conversation, either virtually or in studio. So if this podcast means something to you, and if you really love this show, think about becoming a sustaining contributor and donating by going to Patreon.com slash American pod. Thanks for listening and for the privilege of your company. So welcome back. And now we're about to catch a flight and sail out from Mutala Mohammed Airport. Because that was the airport you left through, right? Yes. Okay. So I can I can guess that one right. So <laughs> now let me see. Okay, so unlike most people who've been on this podcast, they flew to the United States and you um, still flew to the Northeast, but to our neighbors up north. So, what, what airline did you catch?
1: Hmm. I think it was. Does KLM come to Can- Canada? I think uh, so.
0: KLM goes everywhere.
1: Yeah, I think it was KLM.
0: So, you stopped at uh, Sheephole in Amsterdam?
1: Yeah. Okay. So yeah,
0: yeah, all right, welcome to the family. you you you're like the majority on this podcast. I don't know what KLM did to us. You know, KLM just come sponsor this <laughs> podcast. It, yeah, it's like KLM terrible. was our, our go to flight for le you, you're living. Okay, come on KLM. Just come,
1: come, come on. on, come on, just come, come. on, KLM.
0: Come on, come, we'll take you. We'll take you wherever you're going.
1: Immigrant transporters. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I know someone who when he was leaving, um, well the only difference is that he had um, he was one of those who they brought to Nigeria when he was around age four. He was born here in the United States. Then he, they brought him to Nigeria at age four. So he's still Nigerian-American. But mm-hmm. he grew up there and stayed in, until his 20s. Then they had to go file for passport, American passport and all that. So when he got his um, American passport and then finally approved, and then gets on KLM and arrives in Amsterdam, Dude was like, you know what, I'm going to go check out the city. and stayed for two weeks. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> I was like, he's like, I'm going to test this passport. I have the passport and I'll test it. And then came to the airport and I was like, oh, I, f- I missed my flight.
1: Wow. It flexer.
0: Uh, yeah, Yeah. Somehow got it. I don't know how he did it, but uh, yeah, yeah, somehow got it. Got, somehow, I don't know how he rolled on the ground or cried, one kind of but. <laughs> We don't know the full story, but he somehow got on the flight two weeks later hmm. to the United States. I was like, yeah, if you had the Nigerian passport, you try that. Yeah, they, they just, nope. my friend, get back, <laughs> get back to where yeah. coming from. <laughs> <sighs> so you left Nigeria 2013. Um, Why did you um choose Canada? And um, was, was, there, was there a particular reason why you chose the city you chose? or you know How did that all come about?
1: I feel like it wasn't really a decision of mine exclusively because I actually thought I was going to Covenant um, for university. So Ah, I came here primarily for school Um, and my brother had gone to Babcock, which is also Mm -hmm. in Nigeria. So I thought naturally I would follow that. But then I feel like my dad probably had a bunch of friends who had gone to this. So I didn't go straight into university. I went to this pre-college thing that you go. um, It helps you get into the universities here easier because you can use your YEC, but then it's easier just doing their local exams and then using their local um, system basically to get in.
0: Oh, okay.
1: So I think it was really largely an influence, my dad's influence and my dad's friend's influence because it was just a thing at that point in time.
0: So the the preschool program, was it in Nigeria or over? No,
1: it was in, it was in Canada. It's um, it was in Hamilton. It was also in Ontario, the states or province that I'm in. Okay, but it was further away from here. Mm-hmm. So, yeah.
0: So, what was that experience like for you? Uh, as soon as you arrived in um, um, is it Hamilton. Hamilton, yeah. Hamilton, and what was that experience like for you? The first time you arrived, mm-hmm. and you, you, it's like bam, you, you start your Canadian life.
1: So I, I feel like that school that I went to was a very good um, in-between because it gave me the Nigerian in Canada experience. Like I was still surrounded by a lot of Nigerians because as I mentioned, it's a thing that a lot of Nigerians here do. Okay. Um, it's, it's similar to doing year 12 again or SS3 again, but oh. just doing it here. But it's for international students. So I was surrounded by a lot of Nigerians, a lot of other Africans a lot of Asians and stuff like that so I still had like the international experience but in Canada and I feel like for that year I didn't really get to experience Canada fully because I was still um, in Nigeria almost in my mind yeah when you're surrounded by Nigerians like yes you have more freedom as well that's another thing that's I loved <laughs> i had a lot more freedom than in nigeria and um yeah but it wasn't that first year wasn't as much of a shock because i was surrounded by nigerians and our teachers then too were pretty much they w- they knew you were coming from an international country so they didn't expect you to be anything else so mm. yeah okay, so was, uh,
0: less expectations uh pressure on you yeah okay Oh, so, um, yeah, I, I get you on the the Nigerian thing. It's like easier to be and so you're saying it was easier to be in a bubble,
1: yes, it was pretty much a bubble um and i feel I find that even now, um so there was a point in time that I pretty much branched out and started having more non Nigerian friends and not that first year. I meant mm-hmm. like at some point in university, and I got to experience more. Of Canada, but now I'm going back, especially in the pandemic. Yeah, going back to having more Nigerian friends, and I'm realizing that, like you're, like you're, you're able to live like you're in not you're in Canada, but your your mind is kind of thinking somewhat Nigerian to an extent because you are still influenced by the society you're in and everything. But right now. My everyday, like, talking... People I talk to, people that I go out with and stuff like that are Nigerians. So, yeah.
0: So, there's a pretty big Nigerian community where where you are.
1: Yeah, specifically in the city I'm in. I've never been in a city where there aren't a lot of Nigerians. But they're plenty for here. (laughs) I see. Oh, yeah.
0: I see. So, if you get a job offer to, uh, let's say, someone like... um,
1: Seattle. Alright, hmm. uh, uh, gone. Mm-hmm. Would I go?
0: Yeah. Would you take it?
1: I mean, yeah. Great job offer. <laughs> yeah, I would go. Like, yeah. I've, I'm already not at home. That's the way I think. I don't even... Currently, I don't actually know where home is. And I think that's a an issue I've always had. Hmm. Because we've moved around and stuff like that. And I don't really remember a place where I was at for long enough to be like, this is my home. So if I got an offer really anywhere, <laughs> we move, Like <laughs> we move and I can adapt to any, I might not be as happy, but I'll move.
0: Yeah. Well, I, I hope if you get an offered somewhere that you'll be happy. I just mentioned Oregon mm-hmm. and, um, Seattle, because I don't, I know Seattle, I have somebody in Seattle, but I think the Nigerian community is becoming sizable there.
1: There? But, mm. Yeah,
0: but o- Oregon is like very, very, very white. Very white. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think the black population there is like 3% of the state.
1: Wow. Yeah. That, that's why that's all, so good. all drugs
0: are legal there. Just- <laughs>
1: Wow. You said it so confidently, too. Right. So it's
0: just, that it's, is it's just, the law, just, uh, they just passed the law. I mean, if the white, if the black, it, it, I'm not saying it's because the black population is 3%, but who knows? I mean, if it was 10%, maybe they'll be like, <laughs> mm-hmm. maybe just weed. Don't let them have more than that.
1: You know? More than that.
0: But um, That's yeah, crazy.
1: Yeah, so,
0: I mean, but it's a very, uh, it's supposed to be a progressive state. Um, States. I don't, I don't take my chances, but I'm. I'm I love New York, <laughs> so I'm, I'm New York City. I'm good here.
1: New York is very diverse.
0: It's very. You find everybody here. Yeah. Sometimes not to my liking.
1: Wow. <laughs> There's too many. I,
0: I, I see some Nigerians I take cover. Like, nah, I'm Ghanaian. Why? I, I switched to my Ghanaian.
1: <laughs> so you did. You did mention that um you were that person that was mostly around white people and stuff like that.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, what was your motivate
0: motivation for that Um uh, because i, I yeah. think growing up in nigeria you know for your family family in a way i put the anti-blackness without realizing that they were putting anti-blackness in me so i didn't want to be around um black why would i be around black people it's like yeah i've been around i grew up around mm-hmm. black people i've seen and okay now i need to go into the world well i don't need mm-hmm. to be around you people anymore that was the idea and well, you've not heard of racism, you've not heard of uh, <laughs> the rest, but um it's not like I'm going to the world to go be with uh, people of color. I'm just like, hey, everybody will accept me, you know, and da you start figuring out like some neighborhoods, they have vigilantes, some places, they got this. I mean, Middle East was still like the coolest place I've been to, mm. but as a man, you have certain privileges that, you know, of count for, for you because uh, I've been with steering by walking around with my uh, colleague who's um uh, uh, she was, she was of uh, she was filipino american
1: mm-hmm.
0: and um you know there are a lot of asian women over there were in the human were trafficked as escorts uh, wow. yeah we well, something i didn't even consider then but you know she, she but this is my colleague fellow shipmate in the navy and we go to the market to the suk You you see the way men grab, it's the same way they do it in Nigeria, you know, when you go to some markets and and come and buy, that kind of thing. But here it's like these are not Arab men even doing the grabbing. It's men from fellow countries like India, uh, Bangladesh, South Asian countries and, and neighboring. But it's that entitlement because they feel like they just assume that since she was with me, she might, she, the probability is one that she's an escort to so come and buy something or come see what the wares they have. But it's there's no respect to the grabbing, to the pulling. Yeah. You know, and she'll have to cause that. And then when she starts yelling, then it's, oh, you're American? Oh, then it, wow. it changes, but they still go, still have, they'll still continue their approach. And mm-hmm. as a guy, then I was out of tune with it, like, hey, you know, hey, yeah, yeah. I've, I've seen something like that in Nigeria. So I'm like, just just let them be, you know, I'm just like... But it didn't make sense to... I didn't get it when most of my uh, shipmates who are women will be like, hey, are you free? Uh, I want to go to the souk to go buy stuff.
1: Mm-hmm. We just need
0: a guy to follow us, you know. It's not like they couldn't do it themselves, but they just wanted a guy to be there because, you know... And this was when it wasn't just white, black, different groups of women. They were just... you know, But they wanted guys around... Just to avoid the harassment and stuff like that, all plays into me not being around people because I was like, I don't need to be around my black women. I don't need to be around people. I need to, I'm doing my own thing, but I was doing my own thing to the extent that I was totally an island Mm -hmm. (laughs) and not even in tune with anything happening. And then one day it's like, it starts to hit me, and I'm like, oh man, I was. uh, so I was supposed, to, and then that's when the, the period where if you meet me, I'll be calling myself a feminist out loud and all that. <laughs> oh no, I, the I, worst I, people. Yeah, I, I was, I was, <laughs> I was a complete douche, you know. Yeah. So yeah, that's why now I don't even call myself a feminist. But I support all women's uh, equality mm-hmm. and women's rights and everything. Yeah, but I don't, I don't, I, yeah, I don't think I'm qualified to use that word. So yeah, but yeah, so it it it's for me that you know. It's the process I'm still growing into, but yeah, it's something I had to, to come into. Like, real, like, even when I talk to family now, they still don't understand, you know, there's no way they can understand it. Like, the ones who've never left, you can't, how are you, how are you going to explain anti blackness to them? Mm. You know, because they, they still do it, they still say it, they still like, you know, because when the first time I, I, I was thinking about marriage, and then my, uh, so my, 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 my brother, I was thinking of marriage, and was we talking on the phone with a couple of aunts. And they were like, well, at least none of us try to go get married to a black American. and oh, um uh, None of us get married to an African woman. If, if we, need get, we must get married to a Nigerian. If you don't get married to Nigerian, well, okay. Yeah, oh, boy is okay. Mm. That, that was like okay, Oyibo is okay. We can manage Oibo, but we prefer Nigerian. But if you can't get Nigerian, and Ijo we can get um, specifically can, Ijo. O, o, Oibo. Mm. Like, uh specifically Oyibo. Like, what, what, what was the message you giving the guy? Was the
1: yeah. fine tune,
0: you know? And that has no reason why I'm with who I I am with today because mm-hmm. I had already broken off that link a long time ago. So, yeah, it's uh, something that I don't recognize myself and look in the mirror yeah. And be like yeah this guy is not as cool as he once study was <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: so i guess while people were looking for familiarity because that's definitely what i did i just mm-hmm. it wasn't a conscious thing it's just a thing that happened because you have similar interests and stuff like that um and similar mannerisms i think yeah for you it was you you didn't like that so you definitely sought whatever was opposite exactly
0: yeah i mean trying Mm. to sort for the opposite i ended up with the extreme yeah i I never thought that there would be an extreme
1: an extreme yeah Yeah.
0: i didn't realize that there was an extreme that existed and then i found the extreme so um yeah and even at that same time i was still the guy who created an all-african group In uh, while we're in Bahrain, that clubs in Bahrain started begging. I don't know how they got my number, but they started calling me like, "Hey, bring your party to our club. Bring it, (laughs) bring it to our club." My friend, my friend, we have, come, 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 come. We'll give you my club. You know, don't even pay. We'll give you. Come, come bring your party. Because we started a party on someone's rooftop, and they were like, they were Africans who were higher ranked than myself. But I was bringing all the Africans tend to just meet me and I collect their number. And then I asked this guy, like, where are you from? He said Togo. I thought, like, oh, you know how this. another I Togo lives on the base. He said, I've been here for five years. I've never met any other guy from who was born in the same country like myself. I was like, oh, this guy has been here for four years. So I come two of you. I've never met. This is a small base. And I put two of them together. They're both high ranked guys.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: they're like, wow, man, thank you. I never knew had a brother. So happy. So they're like, come, 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 lunch. Come, come for lunch at my place. And We're having lunch, and uh, I was like, you know, we should do something like this. Because I know the Senegalese, I know the South Sudanese, but I have to go meet all of them separately. So I was like, why don't we just bring everybody together, you all meet each other, know each other, and if someone Mm -hmm. needs help, we can help them out. You know, I just said, but I was still in that mind frame of hanging out with the extreme, right? But at the same time, I did this without knowing what I was doing. And they were like, what do you need? I said, if you guys have more resources than I do, so provide, give me the assistance I need, I'll take care of the logistics. I'm a logistics guy.
1: Mm -hmm. And
0: that's how we started the first African party. Unfortunately, by the time I left, it collapsed.
1: But Mm
0: -hmm. it became huge. It became huge that, yeah, I still have photos and all that stuff. And we we shut down the club. And that's how uh, Peace Square, all the Nigerian music, but I got music from other countries, African music playing. And it was fun when you see... DJ play music from South Africa, that's our music. I like, South African people are, are in this country. The South African girls jump, <laughs> ah, my, music, my country music. I was like, oh, wow. wow. We met people from, uh, first I met a black Libyan. That was the first time. She told me she was French. I was like, oh, nice to meet you. And then she walked away, and then someone was like, oh, you met the Lib- Libyan sister. And then they play music from, I think, an Arab song. And then she jumped and started dancing. And they told that I was the guy that organized the thing. And then, oh, the attitude changed. The footballers, volleyballers, a whole bunch of people introduced to me, they're all Africans. But my mindset was not that I was, you know, finding familiarity with my own people. But now I understand why people gravitated towards me, you know. I I, I, I probably would have done it a lot different, where Mm -hmm. it would have been stronger than... When I was leaving, because I was begging them, cause I knew they were fighting, because there was mm-hmm. already the francophone versus the anglophone, oh, yes. and uh, the Spanish one was on their own gang. I was like cliques, and it's like one of my biggest disappointments ever, mm-hmm. because at the last party there were some. I saw men crying. I mean, these are men. Uh huh. One of the Cameroon guys came in and was crying and said, "Bro, you know, you know this this party. As soon as you leave, this is the last time we'll all be in the same room together." celebrating uh, and I was like I thought it was joking but by the next party they were the fighting had gotten so big that yeah to, the, to this day they don't talk none of them talk like even the ones who do the same job in the navy they don't talk it's they all talk to me <laughs> directly but not they, to each other they can't talk to yeah. each other so yeah so it's 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 sad and but if I'd known who I was I probably would have done a much better job done. I did a great job, but it would have been much better. It
1: would have been better. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. So that issue of um, not knowing who you are, I think that's part of it too. Mm-hmm.
1: So yeah, I think
0: that's part of the reason why I just took a break from the whole thing. I, um, ended up in Brooklyn too. So, like it was so much responsibility, but now if, if if I get to do it again, yeah, I know what to do. To do. Yeah. So Nigerians they, they, I mean, even though the Nigerians still came to me and stole my stuff in in <laughs> Brooklyn, it doesn't mean uh, Nigerians have still uh, they, they, I always bash Nigerians, but it doesn't mean if i Nigerian I Nigerians we'll be like, I don't believe in the state of Nigeria, I'm not gonna help you. And that's, yeah. No, nah, I will still help you anyway. It's now nah. and I won't cross the street just because I see Nigerian. But my, my <laughs> the case in point, my neighbor, downstairs neighbor is from Sapele, so <laughs> Sapele
1: water.
0: Sapele water. Yep, <laughs> can't escape the guy. <laughs> no, no, no. But uh, no, I joke about running away from Nigerians all the time. But uh, it's like, what What year was that? I think it was, uh, there was a year I was traveling, and I was at Frankfurt. Mm-hmm. And I wore you know German jersey. I knew I was going to fly through Germany, so I was wore something representing Germany. <laughs> I'm trying to try to blend in There's any room be the one, right <laughs> and uh I I came about what i was doing i yeah i had, I, had, I had like maybe six hour break in between flights and the uh I don't know what I was doing, but next thing, all I knew was that this day old which is called uh, word for old woman in Benin, just came up to me, and my son, just put a <laughs> ticket and passport in my hand, take me to this gate uh, <laughs>
1: oh. <laughs> I
0: just looked how like, did she know how did she know I, you like were... madam, you see how i decoded myself into german and all that woman <laughs> just read through me i was like you know from benin
1: oh and i
0: said man, you look my face i look like Benin picking Benin person to you see uh, Say you say that's your pigeon say your pigeon are Benin pigeon i said yeah where they go say where they go <laughs> let's just go <laughs> So I like that I looked. I, looked, I, I looked,
1: like the solidarity. I, yeah. I like seeing the next just because it's familiar. And I find that I feel the same thing with other African yes. countries as well, especially when we're here. Because we grew up with similar values. I don't like saying values because it makes it seem like there's stuff that's set in stone or anything, but it just feels ah, very
0: values, familiar. Vibes, I, I go with vibes. vibes. Yeah, yeah. I, I
1: feel like vibes is more it. I go with like, vibes. Like it's just similar vibes. It,
0: it, so, yeah. It's yeah, you can't you can't deny like you know, I there was a guy I met in the navy when he joined our command his first day. I think he was one of the first. He was one of the people who also let me realize that they were Afro Latinas. Oh yeah. From afar, uh, one of the guys in my command who was a Yoruba guy came to me and was like, uh, you don't see this new Niger. And that's another thing too. Some people used to do. They will see an African, they won't t- they won't talk to the African, they will come tell me. Because they know I'm the guy who can go talk to the person. Okay. Now now it makes sense to me. Then I didn't even catch it. Then I will go <laughs> talk to the person, I get the person's information, and then if we have something going on, I invite the person. So he, he was like, You don't see this new African, you know. He, 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 I said, Who's who who's new African? They say, a new African in our command. So from my father, I looked at the guy, I was like, wow, this guy looked like somebody from Edo area. Facial features look Edo-ish. You know, yeah. I, I don't know how to describe it, but he looked like some Edo Delta guy. Yeah. So I was like, wow. So I, I I I yelled to him and he he noticed I was yelling at him. And I was like, Come this way, come, come. So he started coming. And when he came closer, you know, we have our names on our uniform, our last name. I saw his last name mm-hmm. was Castro. I was like, man, this this guy's a real Edo guy, because Edo people can carry that name.
1: <laughs> can carry Castro.
0: <laughs> but that used to be, like, nicknames there, you know?
1: Oh, yeah. So I was
0: like, this Edo guy really took that name into his uniform. Wow. So I was like, hey, man, how, how you doing? Where, where you from, brother? He said, Panama. I was like, eh? Ooh, didn't not, expect
1: that. They, they, yeah.
0: they, nobody expected that. I was like, uh, I was like Pana- Panama, like... Uh, is there a Panama in Bini City or He's where?
1: In. <laughs>
0: is that, I don't, well, where is that? I'm from Panama. Man. I was born in Panama. I was like, ah. You mean? And he, started, he spoke some Spanish to, to me. I was like, oh, oh, no, 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 no. I no. hablo Espanol, man. <laughs> uh, me too. I, uh, that's, that's me too. So we shook hands and then we became friends. And I was like, ah. So I, uh, after I left, uh, I told the Yoruba guy I came to me. I was like, hey, so wh- where, where the guy from? I said the guy and our brother but not like our brother <laughs> not <expected>. like
1: that
0: <laughs> and I told him the guy didn't believe so I, later I met the guy for lunch every African who sees the guy they, they're like wow until they come close and they're like oh wow we mm. you know like yeah so but then I never heard the term Afro Latino uh, la- Latina so I never I just expected all Latinas to be, uh, every Hispanic person I met to be white looking white yeah. skin you know so that was the first time, and I, I just it, I didn't even realize what I, what was happening at that moment, you know. Mm-hmm. But the vibes, the connection was already there, and you know, every when we spoke, it was the, oh, it was just like I was talking to one of my people from uh, Angola, or from uh, uh, Mozambique, you mm-hmm. know. Once you get over the the, the language barrier, mm-hmm. it's done, it's done, you know, or, or, uh, or Cape Verde. It's done. Once you you, you just get over that little barrier, that's it. It's family. (laughs) Yeah.
1: It just came to my mind, though, that I I was still reflecting on when you talked about, like, the anti-blackness that you experienced from being in Nigeria. But I actually had quite the opposite experience. Mm -hmm. I feel like the fact that I grew up primarily in Nigeria helped me to not be anti-black when I like have any like any issues with my blackness here Mm. although I have a friend that experienced also the opposite and we were like we literally were roommates because at first she would have issues like in classes like when we were in university like you know feeling kind of inferior to our white counterparts but I never experienced that I feel like because in Nigeria, the next person is black, like um, the majority is black and you see black people excelling. You see black people doing amazing things. So yeah. you never look at yourself as inferior as compared to like, for example, cause I was in the Netherlands for a very short period of time. Um, in my childhood, there were times when my mom used to talk about races, like The teachers being racist to me in school and even like my I recall a conversation even though sometimes I question my childhood memories like did that happen or was that just a made-up memory but I feel like this actually happened um one of my classmates literally said he thought I was I think he said a monkey or something the first time I came because I think I was one of the first black people that he had seen and Mm -hmm. I feel like if I grew up primarily there I would have I would have internalized much more anti-blackness than I did in Nigeria, where I saw black people excelling. So I, I I looked at black people with a high regard, like being able to do much more. That's just how I saw it. So when well, I came, I, I feel like I agree like with I, your I, I
0: get your point. Yeah. But um, I have a question. Your your friend who you you feel has um a similar view to mine experience to mine. Wait, did that person go to school with you in Nigeria or grew up in Lagos?
1: No, they grew up in Lagos, though. So like a part in portacos, Lagos, and Abuja, I believe yeah,
0: okay. because something I've because I, I think about it a lot. and mm-hmm. someone like me, I moved, I traveled around, and um only in my earlier life was I like at the hi- highest of the privilege level with the way my i was raised but even with that there were still things that I, you know sometimes memories come back and i hear language that was used by family like oh these, these people were drop out when they say these people were drop out uh, like when they cast uh, this um uh, castigate people who, who smoke weed it's like mm. it's, it's black people they're pointing at uh they drop out from college they're bad and all that those languages it was black people were always pointing at so some of that, you know, it, it, the, the programming already begins, you know, and then when they point at excellence, who were they pointing at, you know, the state TV, who were they playing on TV when I was in Benin City for music? You know, there were a lot of black musicians who I did not mm-hmm. get to know of on TV because I, I watch TV, but on radio, I heard a lot of them, but I never mm-hmm. realized that these people were, you know, were the black, and I never heard them being talked about for greatness. Mm-hmm. Now... When I look to uh, my interactions with certain people, I started meeting along the way, you know, when I I started, especially when I started hanging out in the hoods, I became the Black Republican, Black conservative, because I had developed this uh, need to to defend conservatism from the background I'd come from and from the ideology I'd been fed, Mm -hmm. that when someone is like, hey, you know, this war on drugs is not right, you know, I'll, I'll fight you. I'll be coming up with points like, no, government needs to go harder, you know, death sentence, and, you know, there was stuff. But who exactly were they going after, you know? Who were the bad people? Who, who was I pointing out as bad people? It was black people. That was my point. That I'm looking at black people. and then, But when you look at many people who had the anti-blackness who had been fed the anti-blackness be it from church from religion and whatever in nigeria there's some people had access to a certain education that removed that from them and if some people their families they were fortunate enough to have the family that knew that this is not this is something we need to remove from you it's something we need to program into you because it's a programming if you don't fit it into the child the child is gonna come like I mean, for years I I used to be like, okay, I want to dance to Fela music, but this man's a bad man. That was mm. the thing, I was still saying, was he a bad man? Why is he a bad man? Because he smoked weed. Now, if you smoke mm. weed and you're a bad man, that means who are the people who smoke weed and are bad people? Black.
1: Black because people. You don't know any white
0: person who smokes weed. Huh. But the first time I saw racism in Nigeria was from a white person. Hmm. But we didn't know racism because why white, white people, all the white people are good. All the white people come from America, come preach in churches. White people are reverend fathers. White people are, And you start seeing glorifying whiteness to another mm-hmm. level without realizing that anti-blackness is there because you start looking for uh, um appreciation for the white gaze. Mm-hmm. You're feeding into that. And it's all this, you see it in even our government. You see the way our government behaves. Look at when Macron visited Ni- Nigeria. And you see how celebrities jump over. Uh, Kim Kardashian visit Nigeria. Oh, everybody wow. start behaving yeah. like. You're like, what are you? Why are you behaving like you won't behave like that if a if, if black uh, the first time Beyonce visited, you saw it was toned down a little bit. I mean, there were still people over jumped overdoing it, but you saw the difference. I remember when mm-hmm. Jay-Z came the first time. People still were measured because it's a black, you feel like I'm I want to show my equal. Look, I even when mm-hmm. they challenge 50 cents, that those days you want to show you're equal, because you see a black person, you want you want to show, I can ratio really that to a black guy, but you want to show, really show that if it was Eminem, you want to try to challenge Eminem, if that was, because you see, white whiteness is treated differently. Mm-hmm. And we don't understand, it's not something we talk about, because there are so many ways, there are so many layers to it.
1: To it, yeah. That
0: we just sometimes think, of, oh, I've passed this layer, so I'm, I've made it now. Nah, because there are times when I think that, okay, I've, I, okay, I've Corrected it here. Then I realize I'm still, <laughs> I still have There's corrected. still more. There's yeah. still more that so it has eaten, yeah. and I'm so that's why I, I still claim I'm deprogramming myself. But yes, I still have to keep talking about it and I'm mentioning it. And if we all do a real check, we notice that even from our textbooks, you start you you see that it's in there in our school. It's in books. there,
1: yes. So yes. if it's
0: already in our school books, then you've already been programmed one way or the other. So you mm-hmm. already the, the battle has the battle has begun that you have to fight against it. So even if your parents are telling you and then it's like oh, but I, my textbook said this, my Bible said this, my mm-hmm. Quran said this, and then you then you start adding all of that together, mm-hmm. you know, that's how we we'll fight.
1: very interesting I think I I still need to do like a background like a a deeper reflection because uh, like I'm not saying that I'm devoid of like anti-blackness because I definitely know it's in there there was even a time in university that I was really struggling because like learning wasn't easy like in Nigeria learning was very easy for me I was comfortable these were These were my people, basically. Mm -hmm. I felt at home. But then when I got to university, so you know how I said the first year was in an international school. So like everybody was... Um, also away from their own like native land but yeah. then i went to university and the majority are white people and um you are in class and then you you try to ask a question and then everybody's saying huh <laughs> sorry mm-hmm. i can't hear you so then you in first year i was quiet like i literally didn't ask questions yeah. especially because the classes are huger in first year um and then I, I just realized like i wasn't doing as well um as like i probably would have been done i'm also pretty social and i wasn't really looking to socialize okay second year i did but then i just felt like i wasn't thriving as much as i would thrive in nigeria and i was asking is it that like white people are actually more smart like i was i was asking sorry are, are they smarter and um now that i think back at it it's a stupid claim because It was just the societal, like they're in their comfort zone as compared to me who is not. So because I'm like, the more I'm able to be in this society, the more I I have some anti-Black views, but then I'm able to think deeper and disprove them, basically, because I still have so many examples of Black people doing much more amazing things or... Or like being on equal plane basically like so i I just feel like I don't know what it was that that made me oblivious of of like that white superiority thing in Nigeria because i never I don't feel like I really ever experienced it, but um, it's very interesting,
0: yeah, but yeah. well, we shall definitely do one episode where. Maybe we will just do an episode. where We'll just talk about anti-blackness. The whole episode.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, there. Like we we even talk like I'm a black woman, and like we yeah. talked about wearing weaves and like straightening your hair and stuff. Like oh,
0: that. I I used to be one of those guys that was like, why, black women wear weaves, wear your natural hair, uh, and then like, <laughs> and then like, what? Why is it my? Why what? What is my business there? What? I know, I'm, but I'm see the guy who is she is she wearing weaves? Is she wearing? Uh, natural mm-hmm. hair did she, she cut her hair she was um, wearing hijab whatever i'm still going hey, oh baby baby yeah. uh, how are you I'm, I'm still going to whistle and i was still hey babe, give, you want my number i'm still then uh, then i'll still go online and start complaining about well, our women uh-huh. our women don't have pride in themselves you need to be an african i'm like wait wait uh-huh. wait what what exactly are you doing what are you doing man what are you yeah. doing <laughs> so but all that is also rooted in anti-blackness it, it is, is. It, it is written. it is, so there, there's a whole lot of language that uh, we use. and even even the, the, the fact that you know we, we we feel bold enough to come after black women, like we you know it's it's a different energy we use to attack black mm-hmm. women. It's also yeah. part of anti-blackness. Yeah. it is
1: there's just so much. I feel yeah. like our society definitely has to do a complete restructuring to be devoid of that, but uh, until then... We'll get there. <laughs> we'll get we'll there. We'll get but...
0: there. The more we keep talking about it, and you know, I, I believe it still falls on us men to keep calling it out and keep saying it and not be afraid to say, hey, this exists because, mm-hmm. you know, if we it, 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 a lot of people act like it's a woman's problem. It's not a woman's problem. It's us.
1: It's us. It's us
0: men, especially who we are the ones who perpetrate it the most. So... We we have to call it out, and you know, women have figured it out a long time ago.
1: And I don't, I, I don't think so actually. No, because the majority
0: of women. Well, I won't no, say like our women back home pod- is different, but i would say okay. Well, I I, no, I would the, correct the myself. The thing is, that.
1: like in Nigeria, I feel like with at least in the topic of like hair and like all of that, mm-hmm. it's one of those things that it's been internalized to is to a point where we believe that it's our choice. Yes. so it's like I, I there was a conversation on twitter recently where the uh, people were saying that you can't wear um your natural hair or braids on your birthday because it's not it's not um like it's not an out like it's not elegant or it's not like it's not a a like it's i don't know how to explain how they were they were saying it, but like it's almost like your actual hair or like natural hairstyles are not elegant or stuff. So when they weave straight hair and everything, but people were like, how can you say the hair that grows from my Mm head is not, cannot be worn on events and stuff. So it was just, yeah, that conversation. The
0: the final thing I'll say on that is that, uh, Twitter arguments. Uh, I just do it mostly for entertainment.
1: No, but I promise right. you people actually, and if people actually sat down, sat, women anyways, sat down and ask themselves mm-hmm. the same thing, a lot of us will agree with it, but it's just, it's not a thing that, Twitter almost makes, it voices, things that we don't necessarily think about, but there are still social rules we follow. Yes. Yeah. I, I,
0: like, I like that. There are still social rules that we follow. I agree with that. All right. So yeah. I have to start wrapping up and... Um, I love this conversation, though it's a great conversation because you made me even address things that I haven't addressed in myself for some time. Mm. So, um, where should I go now? Should I go with? uh I want to find one fun thing to ask you about. <laughs> okay, so I visit Hamilton now, right? I've never been to Canada, but let's say I decide <laughs> Hamilton is gonna be my first part of call. I'm, I mean. I'm still waiting for uncle uh, Trudeau or Trudeau or whatever his name is to to turn down my official uh, invitation you know I forgave mm. him for the blackface thing uh, but well black body because he did the whole body he did, he did it the right you gotta do it right if you don't do blackface do the whole body and you know we can talk <laughs> so he has to invite me as a black guy I qualify for state visit you know mm. as part of the forgiveness uh, campaign so um I visit Hamilton now what is the first? Meal that you're gonna say I should have. What is the first thing you say? You gonna say, you know, you gotta have this to, to say to claim that you visited Hamilton. You can't oh. leave Hamilton without eating this.
1: Okay, so I'm actually in Ottawa now. Because, um, Ottawa is the capital of Canada. Okay, um, Ottawa, Ottawa. Okay, I would say you should um try poutine. Have you heard of it? Yeah,
0: yeah. The, someone in Toronto said that.
1: Yeah, poutine. that's. That's what I don't know. The name doesn't
0: sound sexy, though. No. It doesn't sound it's, like,
1: uh, like sexy it's cuisine. About that. It's a lot of cheese, it's a lot of gravy and fries, and oh, that, you that, know, that. white people food. Now. Yeah, um,
0: yeah. My, my, my German, my German daughter will love that.
1: Yeah, no, it's amazing. Mm,
0: mm, mm. So, cheese, you sound there, there ain't any meat inside.
1: Yeah, no, no, it always like. Well, the actual poutine itself is the fries, the gravy, and the cheese. But then people garnish it with like different things. Oh. I always have mine with like, um, beef and bacon and oh, all on. those bacon unhealthy things.
0: Don't come after me. You don't me. like bacon? Don't come after me. Don't come after me. Bacon is overrated. Still, wow. don't come after me.
1: I mean, it's a good, it's a good stance to have. You'll live longer.
0: Hell yeah, <laughs> I will. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Ah. Uh, all right, your favorite Canadian artist, not named Drake.
1: Uh, who even listens to Canadian music? <laughs> um, I don't listen to Canadian music. Uh, well, they're Canadian um,
0: artists. I didn't say Canadian music. I said Canadian okay, artists. Okay, just I, artists. I, I, I give you... Why can't I, give I you... say
1: Drake?
0: Will he listen to this episode? If he listens to this episode, then yes, Drake. I love you, man. You know, you can call, <laughs> call me. Call me. Call me. We got, we got to do a remix. But yeah.
1: Um it be Drake, I'd say he's the most uh, that is cheating Justin Bieber. That is, uh, okay.
0: Justin He's Bieber.
1: Canadian too.
0: Oh well, I should have said not Drake or Justin Bieber. But uh, the um, believers. There's
1: actually quite a lot. Yeah, a lot of Canadians them. Tom Cruise is Canadian to, too. Yeah. They go to they the US and make it, but actual local Canadian music, I don't listen to hey, that
0: girl who sang Call Me Maybe, mm-hmm. she Canadian. Um, Carly
1: Jepsen. Yeah, yeah, she's Canadian as well. Okay. You should
0: sing another song after that. No, don't it come after be. me, please. Oh, I beg, I beg. That that song, that song is powerful. <laughs>
1: I don't mean think they're known primarily for their music industry, but uh, there's definitely um there's definitely artists. But I feel like I still listen to a lot more American or Nigerian music.
0: Uh, okay, so um, the Nigerian ones. Who's your favorite? Because
1: unfortunately, Burner Boy. I knew you were going
0: to say Burna Boy. You, you people,
1: you. People. <laughs> I'm such a mainstream girl. Yeah. Uh, um, what
0: are they called the Bonner Boy fans? I just found out recently they're called the Outsiders. They, I uh,
1: have never heard
0: that. Uh, some, some, someone who's very in tune in Nigeria just told me she's gonna come on the podcast soon. She said they are called the outsiders. I was like, you know, get time.
1: Uh, <laughs> oh. I've never been one of those people that stand an artist and like follow every single thing they do. And like like you you've heard about the what they call Beehive. Yeah, the Be- Beehive. beehive.
0: Uh, I respect yours Because you know, uh, those guys are serious.
1: Because if they come for you... Uh, they are serious. So I mean, they will
0: give me promotion, but they are serious. I don't, I can't, I don't think I can. I would just log yeah. off. I will just disconnect everything on my phone. Like, bye-bye.
1: <laughs> but it's so interesting how you can, like, idolize someone that you've never met or will never meet. It's very interesting to me. But a Boy for his music, not his personality. Oh,
0: yeah. I, <laughs> I, I, I For that, I agree. Because I, I, I yeah. honestly, I don't... Uh, I'm not gonna say it, but yeah. He's yes. a, a pottakot boy, so I still protect him.
1: Oh my! I remember when um Bernard Boy was still coming up. I was oh, I was in Potakot then, and my friends that were very, very, very pottakos, they'd literally be like, ah, there's my guy, and like they they used to pass him in like with CDs, like pass him around the CDs, like they'll give you a USB with his music wow. and stuff like that. So he was very much pottakes back then, and it was very interesting too. To see him blow up
0: to the level that he has. Yeah. I'm, I'm happy. F- that's that's why I'm happy for him. Yeah, because it's good to see a potato. Because I was thinking of Duncan Mighty as a potato. That's a potato boy that, that started blowing of, up, and I yeah. was like, because I still play that song. I'm mean, a uh son. Yeah, that's like yeah, that's the yeah. Even my madam knows that one. now. No? My daughter, <laughs> like hey, I want to, that's the potato anthem in the house. Even though I'm not a query, but I'll still I'll still play it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You have an amazing podcast and we didn't even talk about that, you know. We have to give your podcast some shine. So, hey. let's yeah, let's talk about your podcast a little bit, you know.
1: Okay.
0: Yeah, we I know we are almost done on time. Sorry about that. But uh yes, Africa Lipso podcast. How did you come about that name and, you know, why Africa Lipso?
1: Hmm. Um well there's a Lagbaja song called Africa Lipso. Mm. Um so you know I when know you're looking too. for Yeah, oh Lagbaja was like my childhood. I, lo- I loved it. That
0: that song might be too 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 I don't know if you, you're old enough for that song but that song
1: For Coco is... Bilo, come yes. on. Yes. Come on. Yes,
0: and I'm I'm just I'm, I don't know, <laughs> you
1: know. <laughs> no, he he's a classic. Um and then it was, it's kind of like the rhythm of Africa because there's like Calypso, the dance and everything. But um, it was at a point, we started podcasts at a point where I was just reading some Nigerian, like Nigerian and African books in general. I took a year off school to move to a new city and work. Um, and I had a lot of free time, didn't know anyone in the city. That's why I said if I move to a new city, I might be unhappy because mm. I realized I'm a people person. Yes. So I want familiar people, not new people. Um and I was I was kind of lonely. So I started listening to a lot of podcasts and reading a lot of books, and I was like, there's so much missing in our history and about our society that we I feel like we don't talk about. And I was I was like, I can definitely start a podcast and yeah, I talked to two of my friends and well, one of my friend at that point, and then the sec, the second co-host joined.
0: That's great. So
1: that's how it started.
0: That's great. And uh so what do you guys focus on on Africa Lips, for those who who don't know?
1: A multitude of things. We like to rotate between three main like pillar points. So one is history, even though those require a lot of research. So we don't do as much of it, but we still try to drop it in there. And then we, we also try to banter because our audience is primarily Nigerian and Nigerians don't like being, and I'm generalizing, I mean, Nigerians as a whole life yeah. is already very hard. Mm-hmm. So even I who listens to a lot of podcasts and serious podcasts, which is e- when I ask myself, which is easier to listen to it's like podcasts where they're not really talking about serious, serious things. Yeah. So we try to, when we're talking about society or we're talking about um, um, history, we try to add banter to it so that it's, it's heavy things, but delivered lightly. True. Um, And then we also talk about, you know, finances because the, the, idea was also to develop a community of like nigerians but also africans in general learning from each other and stuff like that so yeah that's basically what we do it's a we cover a wide range of topics but we always find a way to tie it back to nigeria or um, africa in general
0: yep and i can testify to that you you listen to an episode, you just gonna go straight and give them five stars immediately, like yeah. They, oh,
1: thank you. <laughs> they,
0: they, these women know what they're doing, and it's it's a fun podcast to listen to. So, um, you said you did some readings, and oh, before you I jump to that, there was something you mentioned about moving to a, a new city, and you were unhappy. It reminded me of some of the mistakes that I made, which I think when I moved to New York and uh, mm-hmm. Brooklyn one of the difference in comparison to every other place that I moved to was that i didn't just decide to make myself an island i mm-hmm. utilized social network like the way i should have utilized it in mm-hmm. other places so i you know and i did meetups and that's how i got two wonderful friends who i consider my uh my sisters in new york to this day and um I got. I intentionally said I was going to look for people outside my bubble, because otherwise my bubble was just going to be strictly military. When I moved to New York, it was strictly military and then some soccer fans. And mm-hmm. um, I just said I, I needed something to change that. And I guess I was already beginning to change the person that I, I had been for a long time without realizing, without saying that officially to myself. So uh I just wanted to put that out there for anyone who's moving to a new city or you know, migrating to a new country. Uh you can find community online. Yeah. And I'm not saying it's online like to go join groups like so can go back to your country or that kind of no. I mean online as in your neighborhood where you are, and you can it can be an easy way to break the ice and blend into um, um start warming your way into wherever you are instead of feeling lonely yeah you know, it It helped me a lot in new york and i never have I've said this before but i just realized that that was something that made me feel at home in mm-hmm. new york because i did it and i started enjoying doing something like that I and mean, i didn't not all the experiences were great but i met people and I, okay i'm not gonna hang out with these people i'm not gonna do this but With time, when I met the right people, I was like, yeah, these are the people I want to be with. These are the people I want to be around, Mm -hmm. you know, and now now I've developed a relationship that is a relationship for life. They they even moved out of the United States for about two years and came back and we were always in touch, you know. And so sometimes you never know what can happen, but, you know, so it's something that I, I know someone else with a podcast for immigrants and she always preaches that too. So yes. it's something that it's so yeah, it's so
1: important. I think as immigrants, it's not something that we talk about enough. But it there's a kind of there's a loneliness that comes with being in a new a new area. You don't really have family because mm-hmm. I don't really have family here. Um, you don't always have friends like that. I mean, it just requires putting yourself out there, as yeah. you said. Yeah. Um, I think it's because I knew that I was there for. Just it was over a year, mm-hmm. so I didn't, I didn't take advantage of all these things that you're saying. Yeah, like, I, I, I don't think we, we do. To, we don't. Yeah,
0: we we do because it's also none of us knew. We weren't expecting. And if someone had, nobody told me to do this. You know, mm-hmm. but I've been chasing women online for for years. <laughs> That's just the honest truth. Without yeah. realizing that that same tool I was using to chase women, I could have used it to.
1: Make friends, make
0: friends, so, as in that. real friends, instead of going mm-hmm. for one night stands and all this stuff. So mm-hmm. it's just crazy how so we have the tools, but <laughs> we don't really we don't know how to it. use them. We just use them for short term goals, and you know. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, it's something that just that had to be said, and you know. But I, I think by us putting it out there now, it also lets people know that hey, it's okay that it happened. If it has happened to you, that's fine. You can bounce back from it. But for those who plan to make the move or, you know, even if you are within Nigeria or you're within an African country and you're moving from mm-hmm. one place, to, it, you can still, it's still something that you should keep in mind. You know, it's mm-hmm. so, you use our mistakes to help yourself going forward. We've we made the mistake for you. that That's why we share it. Mm-hmm. All right. So final question. Um, what's one line or uh, uh, what, what would you like to leave the audience with you know final thing you'd like to leave the audience with could be a word uh sorry a sentence from um a book you've read could be a line that um from okay drake's song or justin Bieber's song uh <laughs> Boy song uh, i don't know whichever one, uh duncan mighty uh, <laughs> you know i don't know which, which women are even out there self, that, that sing i've forgotten their name I know, it was one lady something. Um yeah, it could be from anybody, you know, but yeah, what would you like to leave the audience with? To that it is up?
1: hard. Yeah, it's not hard. It's not hard. I wish I was more I don't live my life with lions, so this is it hard. It could be a
0: mantra that you live by. It's mm-hmm. up, up to you. Freestyle.
1: Freestyle. If you
0: want. <laughs> well,
1: whatever reasons, whatever the only thing that's coming to me is love yourself. That works. It's very cheesy. But it's I feel not. like... It's, no, it's, it's very, very cheesy. Uh, <laughs> trust I think, me.
0: Trust me. It doesn't have to be some profound...
1: Profound big, thing. You know,
0: Nigerians, we love big, big words. Don't be that guy from the United States that will come and be speaking grammar. I don't know how that guy won elections. Yeah. But um, <laughs> just,
1: yeah, love yourself.
0: It's, like, that works.
1: Yeah, I think... I think um. Love yourself is definitely one for me because I feel like the way that you view yourself really affects how you exist in this world mm. because it's really just perception. Yeah. Even if you are not what you think you are, as long as you think you are, you will make people believe that you are that thing. So mm. um I feel like out of that, just love yourself it love goes a long way. I love that.
0: It's not you saying I knew you come up with something great. So where where can people find you and uh, if people want to follow Africa Lipso. You know, please plug it in.
1: Yeah, so you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Africa Pod. Um, you can also listen to us on like wherever you listen to podcasts: Apple Podcast, um, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Play, and just yeah, find us.
0: All righty. And if you follow me on Twitter or Instagram, you see that I, I, I share Africa Lipso a lot. And yeah, so follow me on either platform and um, you, you see Africa Lipso there. Africa will also be in the show notes too. All right, so I um, um, ah, almost forgot my Hiroba. Uh, <laughs> she, she gone? Gong, Eshe gone for coming on the podcast. Or should I say, Eshe Gong? for coming on podcast. I use either one. I don't, I'm not, I'm not a stickler for perfect Yoruba, but <laughs> um, yeah, appreciate you for coming on the podcast. Um, it was a great conversation and I hope to do it again. And I'm also I hope to get your co-hosts also yeah.
1: uh,
0: also on the podcast. And um, yeah, it's been fun. I had a great time and yeah, we should keep doing this again. And for everyone listening, keep the love coming in. Uh, Go check out Africa Lipso, show some love, and yeah, keep sharing and all. Uh, Thank you for the privilege of your company, and see you next week. Thanks for listening to White Label American. If you enjoy the show, we'll appreciate if you rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from. If you have any questions, comments, or have someone who will be a good guest on the show or you want to be on the show send us a message at white american at gmail.com and make sure to follow us on facebook and instagram at white Label american thank you for your support